This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Today we're featuring a wonderful gal that um, helps women with money. And I know that you probably don't have that problem if you're listening in our audience. But please, if you know somebody who does have trouble with money, uh, please call them and tell them to listen to the show right now. And uh, I would appreciate it. And before we talk to her, though, I've got to talk to Eric because I'm really concerned about something. Eric? Good afternoon. Happy Friday, Kevin. What are we concerned about, sir? I don't know what it was, but I saw this great big orange or yellow ball in the sky today. And I, you know, it rains every day here. And I saw this thing. What is that thing that was in the sky today? <laughs> We're getting a little bit of a sunbreak, which uh, which is nice. We, yeah. we can dry out a little bit because we've got more rain expected uh this weekend even a chance of a little bit of snow mixed in tomorrow so enjoy the sunshine now uh and get ready <laughs> for more of the liquid sunshine oh the bear of bad snow well of course it is december after all absolutely um, yeah but it, it won't stick around because it'll be turning back to the liquid sunshine <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Um, and Eric, thank you very much for doing all you do at KKNW, and I really appreciate it. And I would like to add a, a public service announcement. I was telling Eric before the show began that that uh, we we work very hard, and uh, um, his sister station at KKNW. This is, of course, Kixie, mm -hmm. and uh, and I just wanted to compliment you guys that on KKNW, you have got the coolest format because you've got independent broadcasters that do the thing on their own time, their own dime, and it's and it allows for a lot of people to do some great stuff. So please support Kixie. Please support KKNW. I, I'm asking you nicely. Fantastic. Yeah, we absolutely love all our listeners. Um, and hey, a good time to wish everybody happy holidays as well. It is indeed. It is indeed because we're going to have happy holidays. And, and the gal that we have uh, that we're going to be talking to this hour, she can help you have happy holidays because she can help you keep money where it's supposed to be, not in somebody else's pocket, but maybe in your pocket even. Um, and uh, her name is uh, Patty Handy. She's been on the show before, but I wanted to have her back because she is she is such a delight and she's very accomplished at what she does and she takes and she helps you understand how to work with money in in a way that maybe you haven't ever thought of before. Uh, so Patty, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kevin. It's great to see you again. It's it's great to see you as well and I just if you are um if you're out there and you are a woman who's newly single for whatever reason, be it um, uh, the death of your spouse or a divorce um, or you, you just choose to be single, a lot of times um, you look at your bank statement and you go, what is all this? Or you look at your portfolio and you have no earthly idea what any of it means. They say words in there that 
or or abbreviations that you have no idea what they are or how they implicate things or maybe you have a credit card that you don't understand how that works and and the compound interest and all the things that can all of a sudden you're making a minimum payment and you owe more than you did before you made the payment um, that can that can happen too and patty is a financial coach she helps women transform their finances and and in addition to that life because they are intimately intertwined um, so that they can uh, achieve financial security and most importantly peace of mind so patty welcome it's great to have you here thank you i'm happy to be here again indeed and uh how often I know that uh, in your bio that uh, you had an 18 month old baby and and your husband decided that he wanted to walk out of the marriage and then you were all by yourself. So you you have lived what you talk about in in the writings that you do and the work that you do and the coaching and the and the circles that you have and and all of that. So so it's really good to have someone like you in in their corner. Uh, if somebody wants to work with you. Uh, where does it start? Is, is it Does it start with, I don't know anything, I have no idea what I'm doing, yet I've never managed money before, but now I've got to manage my own money and I need help? Is that where it starts? Sometimes, um, you know, I, I start where, where they want me to start. So oftentimes clients will come to me with what you just expressed. I don't know what I'm doing. My husband just passed away. I have no idea where to even start. This is overwhelming and it's scary and help. Um, and then I have those that are um, uh, potentially a bit more comfortable with finances and they're just needing some assurance that they're on the right path and that they're doing the right things. They've got things in check, uh, kind of retirement planning. So it's really the gambit, but more times than not, it's individuals who are, um, you know, overwhelmed and 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 uh, just afraid of the financing, the investing word, that world in itself. And um, they just need some financial education to get comfortable with it, which is what I'd love to do. And then they get to do their own investing if they choose. And if they decide to go to a financial advisor, then they can go in much more empowered and ask the right questions. And when the financial advisor is starting to talk to you, you're going to understand what it is they're saying. Um, and feel more comfortable with with asking the right questions. So that's that's really a cool thing. If you can understand what they're saying, it's like talking to a lawyer. They've got a whole different language sometimes that they use when we're talking about managing money and stuff. And I can't, you know, I, I cannot imagine the fear and and uh, anxiety that it would if you just lost your husband or they just had a divorce and he was the one who managed the money. You might not even know where all your money is and or how it all works. And so it's it can be it can be really frightening, can't it? Oh, absolutely. And you're dealing with the emotional trauma of your loss, whether it's a divorce or a, a passing of a spouse. So you're um, trying to just stay above water and trying to deal with the, your, you know, your grief and your and your sadness. The last thing you want to do is try to figure out your money and especially if you didn't handle it before. Um, but it's one of those things that you've got to address. May not necessarily need to do it immediately, depending upon the situation. Um, I always encourage, you know, gals to to put off, you know, what they can. It's not a great, um, you know, 
it's never a great move to make any big ch uh, choices when it comes to your money when you're financially distraught. You, you just you, you're just not you know thinking clearly, and I can speak from experience with that. Um, you know, you're just trying to get through the day, and trying to make a big financial decision is not really in the you know uh, conversation at that point. But in some cases, you have to make a decision if it's you know certain things that do require you know they're time sensitive. Um, so. Well, one of those would be, I would think, now help me with this, if you lose a spouse and they've got life insurance and suddenly um, you have to negotiate through that with the life insurance company and then you get this check and you have no idea what to do with the check, that's that would be a, a bit of a problem, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully you have a good insurance agent that can kind of help you navigate getting the paperwork and getting that check you know, in a timely fashion. Um, and then what to do with it. Yes. And everyone's situation is so different and personal. I can't really say, oh, a blanket statement, you should do this with your money. Um, I mean, it just depends on what kind of debt you have, what you're looking at, how old you are, what your risk tolerance is, um, the time horizon you have to retire. If you're, you know, unfortunately a younger widow in your thirties and you have more time to, you know, let that money work for you and put it in the market. Um, you know, generally speaking, I say try to get out of debt if you've got credit card debt. Um, I don't always say pay off the home. That's going to depend on the interest rate and, and you know, the entire, um, you know, their entire situation. You know, it's, it's again, it's a very personal um, strategy. But, um, yeah, absolutely. The last thing you want to do is put that money into a checking account earning you nothing um, and letting it sit there for, you know, six months. Um, so that's, that's a, a problem. I mean, money market accounts are earning much better than that these days. So if you absolutely have to park it somewhere, I would say, you know, a money market account, um, would be a good consideration, but again, that's going to depend on the situation. It's, it's very personal. Well, and you talked about mortgages and, 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 and things. And right now the interest rates have pretty much doubled. They were they were down in the three three and a half percent range a couple of years ago. Now they're I've been told they've been seven eight percent. So you can actually buy, uh, sell your house, buy another house, and end up paying more because you're not getting you you you're spending more money than you want to on on interest and stuff. So that's that's valuable information right there to have, isn't it? Yeah, you absolutely want to look at the interest rate. Um, I actually personally. Um, was I forget what year it was. It was a few years ago, but I got a 2.625% on a 30 year fixed on my home. So I'm, you know, that's such cheap money to me. I don't, you know, it doesn't make any sense for me to ever pay that off until obviously, you know, 30 years later. Um, but to pay it off in advance doesn't make a lot of sense. I can put that in the market, even in the bond market or today's money market accounts. I'm earning more than that. Um, but if you're, you know, today's rates are, I think, in the high sixes, they were in the sevens. Um, and they were down into the, you know, the mid twos way, way back in the day when it was like, you know, super, super low. I shouldn't say way back in the day. We're probably talking, you know, three, four years ago. Um, but again, it depends on the entire situation. But if they have a mortgage um, at, you know, three or four um, percent, it may not make sense to make any accelerated payments on that. If they've got a mortgage at, you know, seven and eight percent then we have you know it's a, that's the conversation if you're renting and you want to buy um do you use that money to buy a home for a down payment again that's kind of a calculation that we have to go through you know what other assets do they have what other you know do they have children that they have to put through college i mean there's so many there's so many pieces of that puzzle 
to determine the best use of those funds. Do you find that a lot of people get into their 50s and perhaps even 60 years of age and really haven't prepared for their retirement at all? I've seen the the, the gambit. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think it's, um, yeah, unfortunately, there are quite a bit of individuals who, who haven't prepared. Um, I think the most uh, painful thing to see is someone who never took advantage of a 401k when they were employed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that, you had the employer match, which is basically free money. And if they never took advantage of that, they never got to experience the compounding of the interest and the compounding of that growth in the account. Um, and it was typically from what I, you know, I hear people say, it was like, well, I need, I needed the money. I need to be able to, you know, to live and pay my bills. So I can't put that money into a retirement account. Um, when in reality, they probably could have and, you know, re-examined what they have going out for the most part. Again, everyone's situation is different. I can't make a blanket statement. Um, but yeah, those without a 401k or any kind of retirement plan, you know, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a challenge and they're just going to have to, um, you know, work longer. Um, you know, it's highly likely that their social security will not pay their, you know, their, their bills. Um, if they wait till 70, they're going to, you know, be able to take the, the highest, you know, uh, payout for the social security. And they might need to continue to work, you know, into their 70s. Um, and again, that just depends on what the situation is. But um, yeah, I've, I've, again, I've seen the gamut. I've seen some people who are extremely prepared and are sitting on a nice portfolio and very comfortable. And then I've seen, you know, the, the other side of it. I've seen a lot of uh, statistics based upon Social Security, I want to talk about a little bit. And that is that a lot of people are taking their retirement. You can take retirement early at as early as 62. Um, now, full retirement for somebody my age is 66, six months. Um, if you take it at 62, what, what would, what's your stance on that? Would you, would you advise somebody to wait and have it continue to grow or take it as early as possible or wait till 70? Yeah, again, that's going to depend. Overall, um, it makes sense to wait till you're 70. Um, for every year that you let that grow from 62 to 70, it it grows 8%. You're guaranteed 8% growth every year. Um, and then you have the COLA adjustment on top of that, the cost of living adjustment. So you, you can't get that guarantee in the market. So if at all possible, you should absolutely wait until 70. Now, um, the, the caveat to that is if you have a medical condition and God forbid you have a, you know, your, your, your doctor tells you you've got, you know, two years to live or, you know, something like that, then by all means, you know, take it early. Um, so that's the situation where I would say, yeah, take it at 62. I don't ever recommend 62 other than that kind of situation. Um, so most people think, well, the sooner I get it, the more I can use it and I can put it to, you know, put it in the market and, and this and that. But if you do the math and there's all kinds of statistics out there that kind of walk you through that. But the, the long and short of it is that the break even period is about 82, 83 years old. So that if you are living past that age of 82, 83, it makes more sense to wait until you're 70. Um, if you, again, have a shorter lifespan for whatever reason, then you've got to reevaluate that. Um, the other piece is if, if you're married and 
your your spouse is the higher income earner, you always want to wait um, on, on the higher income earner to wait until they're 70. Because if your spouse passes away, who is that higher income earner, you'll get what their benefit is. So you if if you're if the higher earner gets at 70, you'll have you know that so that the spouse that is left isn't going to be in dire straits. So again, there's many calculations to, to why it makes sense. Um, and you know, if, if, if at all possible, I always say wait till 70. It does not make any um, uh, sense to wait past 70. There's no, there's no improvement and there's no change. So once you hit 70, jump on it. Well, and the other thing is, you know, women statistically live longer than men. So mm -hmm. it, it is, and even though for some reason the lifespans have been shortening of late a little bit, uh, but still women live on what, an average of like four or five years longer than men do? Yeah, I think it's a little bit longer than that even. Um, oh, oh, terrific. But, Thank you. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, things just change. I mean, yeah, things change. Uh, certainly have changed in the last few years with, with, uh, with what's happening in the world, but um, yeah, and and so in, in the case, like I was just saying, if you if your husband is the higher income earner and uh, he waits till he's seventy, the wife gets to you know get that higher benefit for the rest of her life. Um, you know, if she was a stay at home mom and didn't really have much of a of a uh, social security benefit, um, you know, that's going to really benefit her quite a bit if he waits till till seventy. So if if somebody wants to work with you, what information do you recommend that they have prepared so that you can go through it all with them? I assume their bank statements would be one, their portfolio, if they have it, a 401k, um, insurance policies, maybe on all of those things. Yeah, we look at everything. We look at the bank statements. We look at credit card statements. We want to get a good understanding of what's coming in, what's going out have them put together a, um, a budget or spending kind of plan. I give them a, an Excel spreadsheet to help them if they don't have something already. Um, some individuals like the online um, tools and that's fine as well. But we want to really get a handle on what's coming in and what's going out. Uh, because oftentimes that cash flow, whether it's positive or negative, is things that we can look at in terms of opportunity to invest, pay down debt, you know, whatever the case might be. So we definitely want... Um, you know, again, bank statements, portfolio, 401k with, with, the, with the firm you're at, um, in, in any other kind of investment assets, whether it's insurance or, or your home. If you've got a mortgage statement, uh, we look at that to say, take a look at your interest rate, look at impounds. Um, we look at really everything to get a very high level holistic view of what's going on. And then depending upon what they want, you know, if the client says, oh, I've got a portfolio that's, you know, rock solid, but I've got this credit card debt that I just can't get a hold of, you know, help me with this. And then we'll take a look at that and, and we'll go through, um, you know, again, they're, they're spending sometimes depending upon the situation, I'll ask for like three months worth of bank statements. I want to see where that money has been going for the last three months, because oftentimes that um, is like a, you know, a leak in a, in a boat, you know, they don't, they don't realize that it's slipping through, but it is. And then suddenly you're like, Oh gosh, I just spent, $400 this month on, you know, this or that, that they didn't realize. Um, and if they're in credit card debt, that can go towards paying that off. So oftentimes that just awareness is a great place to start. How many people in your work that you've talked to don't understand how credit cards work? Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I think the vast majority do, 
However, they don't understand the power of the compounding and how it's working against it or against them. Um, we talk about compounding interest usually when we talk about investing and savings and how that grows for you. Um, but it works against you in a very big way because the interest rate on those cars are, you know, double digits and they're ugly and, you know, there's no tax benefit from keeping those debts. So um, it is clearly a bad debt. And, you know, when we do the numbers and when we say, you know, this, this, you know, awesome sale that you got on this laptop, that's normally a $2,000 laptop and you got it on sale for a thousand that you put on your credit card and you're making the minimum payment, you know, and I, I'll go through an example and I'll say, this is going to cost you, you know, 3000 in the end, because you're only paying the minimum payment and you've paid this much in interest. Um, and I just, I'm just throwing numbers out, but it's more than the $2,000 that the original price was. So you never got a real good deal. You, you've, you've wasted that sale if you put it on credit card debt and you just make that minimum payment. So we'll, we'll do some of those calculations and they'll always be like, holy Toledo, I had no idea. Why do credit cards do this? Um, credit card companies, when they establish a um, monthly minimum payment, that minimum payment is never enough to meaningfully cut down on the debt. Most of it goes to interest, doesn't it? Right. Yes. Well, if they're, you know, paying 20, 30% interest, it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be years, years and years and years. And it's a money game. I mean, it's a money earner for them. These credit card companies are, are banking that, that interest. And, um, you know, it's not the responsibility of the credit card company to manage these people's money. So it's up to the individual to, to understand how that works and to say, okay, well, I'm not giving this credit card company my hard earned money and let's figure out, you know, to get this thing paid off like now. Um, but it's a, you know, it's kind of like a bank who charges late fees or overdraft fees. It's like, it's not their responsibility to make sure that you don't overdraft. Um, but they love those fees. That's what helps makes, you know, it helps, you know, the, the bank statements, you know, get padded. I should say the bank statements, the, the, the banks, um, that's part of their income. You know, one of the things that I see happening all the time is you walk into a major department store. And you're about ready to go to the checkout. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that the cashier asks you is, hey, would, would you, you like, like to get a credit card? card? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. say, well, you'll save 10% on this purpose purchase if you open up a credit card account with us today. And you say, well, 10%, that's a, I'm going to buy $150 worth of stuff. That's 15 bucks. That's a good deal. Is it? No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> In a word. No. Yeah. <laughs> In a word, no. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is the credit bureaus don't like department stores or kind of retail stores. Um, and it's, so it doesn't really uh, benefit the credit, your credit score. Um, they don't like those kinds of cards. The other thing is that when you have that credit card, you're more likely to do impulse shopping because you have that credit card open. So if there's a sale going on and you walk by the store and you're like, oh, I got a card for this store. Um, let's go in. And, you know, so it's like that impulse shopping is just more likely to happen. Um, and so, yeah, I, I always say no. Now, the one caveat to that is if you were to buy a very large ticket item, like you need a new refrigerator or you need a dishwasher or you need something that is, you know, a couple thousand dollars and you walk into a Best Buy or Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever you go to buy this item and they're going to offer you 10 or 20% off 
based on that very high ticket item, then I would say that's probably a, something that you might want to entertain only if you know you can pay it off in full when the credit card comes. If you don't have the funds to pay it off in full, um, you know, be weary. But if you can pay it off in full, yeah, throw it on there and um, save yourself a few hundred bucks because that's worth it. And um, just be mindful that you just don't use that card unless you absolutely have to for whatever else you're going shopping for. You know, the, the, the one of the insidious things about credit and, and usages is when you have a company that says, you don't have to make a payment for 18 months. Oof, well, those are the worst. Those are the worst. That's a problem, isn't it? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, what they don't tell you, you have to read the fine print, is that that interest is accruing. Now, you're not paying it, but it's accruing. And if you're one day late at the end of the 18 months, that interest is all you know, accumulated. So you've got to make sure you understand the terms and conditions of that purchase. Um, I think there's there's different roles and different, you know, with different companies, but for the most part, you know, uh, buy now, pay laters are a, um, a big no-no. Well, there's a reason why they do that because they're successful at doing two things, raising sales, number one, and then they oftentimes get the money on the back end anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these people aren't, aren't uh, you know, they're, it's not their first rodeo. <laughs> they know what they're doing. <laughs> well, they're, you know, the interesting thing is, is there are studies upon studies upon studies of how these things work. And there's a there's a whole marketing aspect that they use of human behavior mm -hmm. that they use against us in many ways, because um, yeah. we think it's a good deal. But if we don't look at the fine print, it's not such a good deal anymore. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important to read that fine print to understand exactly what's going on. Um, it's kind of like buying a car too. It's like there's so many nuances of you know if you're if you're listing a car versus you know paying a car um, or you know buying it outright or whatever. There's uh, so many moving parts, and you've got to just take your time. Don't feel rushed. Make sure you understand that before you sign the dotted line and sign up for that because that can backfire on you in a big way. We're going to talk about that when we come back from this break, because there is something in the car, especially the new car dealership industry that I would like to shed a little bit of light on. And it's called the notorious second sticker. When we come back, we're talking with uh, Patty Handy. She's a financial coach, primi primarily works with women, but I'll bet you she'll work with anybody. And uh, we're, we're going to come back from this break in just a moment. So stay with us. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio right here on KIXI. Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview. And at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcasts and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature 
through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. Anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to KIXI 880, and we're so happy to be here. I got to tell you, I just love being on the radio on a Friday at 3 o'clock when everybody's traveling in their car. So let's talk about cars a little bit with our guest for the hour. Her name is Patty Handy, and she is a financial coach, primarily for women, who may end up in a situation where their spouses either left or passed away, and they're suddenly tasked with being able to handle all of their own money. And it can be quite a daunting, daunting thing when when you are suffering from grief and all of a sudden all these bills are coming in and you got to figure out how to make it work and, and stuff like that. So Patty would be a great person to talk to and can give you a little bit of peace of mind on what's going on with her. And if you go to her website, which is really easy, it's patty with an I handy.com. That's patty with an I handy.com. Patty, it's great to see you. How you doing? Thank you. you. Doing great. Having a fun conversation here. I got it. I got to tell you that I, I had an experience at a new car dealership and, mm. uh, and, I got, you know, if you are a car dealer or a salesman that's in the audience, I know this isn't you, you would never do these things, but there's something that, um, I went to a car dealership and there is the suggested retail value sticker that is on the, on every new car. And it says what you're paying and so forth. A lot of times there'll be a second sticker that is over the top of the first sticker. And tell me, Patty, if, the, if you found this in your experience. And what they do is they add that second sticker of all these things that they say you're going to be getting in addition to the car. That And so you end up paying not the suggested retail value, but you end up paying that plus the second sticker, which could be substantial. It could be in the, in the several thousands of dollars. And um, I went to a dealership and I... And I said, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not paying the second sticker. And they said, I'm, I'm, 
what do you mean? What do you mean? And I said, well, I'm not paying the second sticker. I'm paying suggested retail value from the manufacturer, and that's what I'm going to pay. And so we went into her office, and uh, she started working the math on on a little, you know, uh, legal pad. And she didn't put the second sticker in there, but she blended it in to the suggested retail value, hoping that I wouldn't catch the fact that she was blending them together. And she showed me the numbers, and I said, I'm sorry. I'm not paying that. And she said, well, you do, we do this and we do this and that's why you got to do this and so forth. And then there, the, there was, then the pressure came, the sales manager came over and said, you got to do this because this is what we need. And this is, we're not making any money on this car at all. And by the way, they all make money on cars. Don't ever let anybody tell you differently. And, uh, and so I, I left the dealership went into another dealership who also had a second, second sticker. And I was talking with the sales gal and, and I said, by the way, just so you know, while we're at the very beginning of this negotiation, I'm not paying the second sticker. She said, okay, we'll charge you suggested retail value. They still made money on me. Do you find that that is a insidious little trick that they use to get more money out of you? Well, I can't. Um, I, I can't speak from experience, honestly. I, I don't. I don't deal in that in the in the car space. You know, as far as the financial coaching side, I can just say that um, you know, having bought a car in my in my life, um, it's it's always a, a challenge. Um, it, it is it is a you know half day jaunt of of angst. Um, but yes, I mean they're they're going to try to get whatever they can from you. Um, and it's up to us to just be mindful. Like you were aware of it. You were attentive to the details and you didn't, uh, you know, allow them to, you know, push you around, which was great. Um, and if, if you are buying a car and it's not something that you love to do and you're just intimidated by the whole process, take a friend who is very seasoned yep. and who, and who can negotiate for you and, you know, play good guy, bad guy kind of thing. Um, if, if need be. Um, but there's definitely a, you know, there's definitely a process and a science of how they do what they do. Um, and I yeah. actually, I, I bought a car. It's, it's been a number of years now, but um, I mean, it was a wonderful experience. I just, it was, you know, pretty clear cut. Um, so not every experience is, is, a, is a challenging one, but um, you've got to be on your game. And never tell, <laughs> here's, an, here's another tip. Never tell them, oh, I love this car. I have to have this car. This is my dream car. I've never had a car like this. I really, 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 really want this car. Yeah. They, they hear you say that and they say, oh, I got this one. Um, because they can then uh, add some stuff, some bells and whistles and things like that. So, and And the other thing that I would suggest is never walk onto a car dealership and buy a car. You walk on, you do the negotiation, then you say, well, thank you, I'll think about it. Then you come back, or they'll call you. I, they always call you. And they say, well, you know, I got a deal for you. This It's amazing that this just happened, that the manufacturer said you could do this, and we can do this, and we can work it this way. So we're going to save you $2,000. Come on back. And it's amazing how that works. So never buy a car the first time you walk onto a lot. Always wait, and then, and then um, you'll see. Good things will happen. Yeah. Uh, smart, uh, smart. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, uh, but we're talking with Patty and, and we're talking about primarily women and their finances. And, um, 
what got you you were in the corporate world for a long time what got you into doing financial coaching for women I was in corporate banking uh, prior to having my son. And then when I had my son, uh, I was out of work because I chose to be at home and raise him. And then when uh, he was 18 months, as you had mentioned at the top of the show, um, I went through a divorce and I had to figure out what to do quickly uh, in terms of just you know generating income. So I got into the mortgage business. I was a mortgage advisor for many, many years, which allowed me to work at home and have some flexibility with my schedule because my first and foremost um, you know, desire was to be at home with my son. He already lost his dad full time. I didn't want to lose his mom full time. So um, it was a fantastic um, industry for many, many years. Uh, but I had a desire to go deeper with my clients and, and the mortgage business is a little bit more transactional. So I got into financial planning and I was a financial advisor for a little bit. Um, really enjoyed that, had the wonderful conversations and had those deep relationships, which I really enjoyed. But during that time, and while I was in the mortgage business, um, I had lots of conversations with ladies over those many years, um, 20 years combined between the two positions. And um, many of them who were widowed or, or divorced were very, um, Typically, they were embarrassed. They had a lot of shame around their situation. They just, you know, didn't like the fact that they didn't understand money or investing. Um, husbands took care of it, and they just didn't really ever care to learn. And now they're like in the situation. And I heard that over and over and over again. So I decided to um, do something about it. I uh, left my firm uh, earlier this year uh, in, in early 2023 and um, decided to become a financial coach where I was able to make more of an impact and um, speak to different, you know, sides of that journey um, that I couldn't do as a financial advisor. So um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been wonderful. I feel like I'm uh, able to make a bigger difference with, with more women. And that's an imp really an important thing because it, it can be really intimidating. Uh, yeah. for, for if you've not, if not, if you're not used to handling money and dealing with, uh, interest and, and the banks and the credit cards and all of the things that you have to deal with day to day, it can, these bills can come start showing up and you have no idea how you even got them and they're, right. and they're here. Um, so right. you can, you really have got to be careful in a lot of different areas, don't you? Absolutely. And when it comes to your portfolio, um, and I've actually had clients in the past who know where their assets were. Husband took care of everything. They passed away suddenly. Um, and suddenly they've got to figure out where everything is, the, where's the paperwork, where are the accounts? You know, they have no idea what they have. And it's uh, it's like, oh my gosh, they're really like behind, you know, that the, the, the curtain. And um, so it's unwinding all that. Now, a lot of that comes, you know, with the help of whether it's a financial advisor or maybe an attorney or a CPA that's helping them navigate this, this situation or family members who are helping them kind of unpack all that. So I always tell people, you know, if you're, even if you're happily married, please make sure you share where everything is, make sure that you share, you know, every pin code number, every passcode, um, have a Excel spreadsheet or put it in somewhere in the computer, have, have it documented so that if God forbid one of the other passes, they don't have to go looking all around where everything is and they know exactly you know, where to go and how to get into those accounts. Um, but to your point, yes, it's it's like, okay, I've got this money now and I don't know how to manage it. I'm not sure how to diversify this or what funds to put this in. And if you're working with an advisor, you're it's it's fantastic. If, if that advisor knew both husband and wife together and they know the relationship, um, you know, 
more times than not, stay with that advisor. They know the story. They know your portfolio. They know the history. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's wonderful. But if you're on your own, um, it is, you know, very overwhelming. It can be very scary to just like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what to do here. And to highlight that point just a little bit, uh, my mother passed away two years ago. Um, oh, and, um, well, you know, she was 90 and she had a great life and, and, uh, she played bridge on that Wednesday. She went out to dinner on that Thursday and then they found her Saturday morning. So oh, wow. um, it was just one of those things. If you gotta go, that's the way to go. And, yeah. and we were talking, we were, my sister had been talking to her for years cause she had a reasonably large portfolio. And we'd been trying to get her to talk to my sister, who was the executor of the estate when my mom passed away. And she just wouldn't do it. She was in her late 80s and she just didn't feel comfortable and that kind of stuff. And so my sister had to become a master detective to Mm. figure out where everything was. And it was very stressful for her. You know, one of the things she didn't do was um, my mother had a box that the that said cds on it and we had uh, a bunch of boxes in the living room because we were going to give them away or or send them and so it said cds on it so i opened the box and there was a couple of cds on top and i took the top uh um uh, shelf away and underneath that was an envelope in that envelope was thirty five thousand dollars in savings bonds nobody knew about and were just there so if you are alone if you're older and you have got the, the executive of your estate or a close relative let them know where everything is because we almost took that box and threw it in the garbage mm, um, wow. which would have been uh, a travesty for 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 everybody concerned so you yeah. if it's important. It's not something to be delayed. It's like doing your will. You got to do your will. And I know that you work with people to get all of those things, at least to bring them up to folks, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big proponent of doing a living trust, um, an estate plan. I think that it is so important to have the, not just the finances addressed, but the, you know, power of attorney, the medical directive, all those things in place. So that if God forbid something were to happen and you had to have somebody make a decision for you, um, and you're on your own, that's, you've got to have that, that person be able to, to help and guide you. And, you know, when it comes to your, to your mom, it's a very common situation where they don't want to tell her kids how much they have and they want to keep it, you know, a secret and whatever. Um, and yeah, it is so important to do that because your sister now had to, you know, spend so much time unpacking it while she's mourning the loss of her mom. And it's like, okay, I don't really want to do this right now. I want to just deal with life. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that had to happen. I have not had this experience personally, but I've heard of other people who have known individuals who put cash in a box and buried it in their backyard. And that happens all the time. There's Yeah, there's cash buried. Well, guess what? If you don't tell anybody it's there, you know, um, that's just a shame because some neighbor is going to be doing, you know, something, you know, 50 years from now or the new homeowner or whatever, and they're going to be, you know, lovely surprised, but um, that's not the intent of that. That intent I'm sure is to go to the, you know, the beneficiaries. Um, so yeah, just disclose everything as much as you possibly can. 
Well, how many times have you heard a story about, you know, we bought this house five years ago and decided to remodel this room. And so we were taking, taking down the wall and there was a bunch of money in there. And in between the, uh, the, the wall and, and, and somebody had taken that, they thought they were being safe, but their kids sold the house. They're long gone. They had no idea. And all this money showed up. And so crazy. Well, and plus the fact when you get a little older, you get a little protective of yourself and, and you don't trust very many people, but it really is important to pick somebody that you can trust. That is your, um, a family member and don't share, you don't need to share with everybody, but somebody needs to yeah. know where, where everything is so that when that day comes and Oh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, Patty, but, um, that day comes for all of us at one point. It, 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 it does. And oftentimes that day comes when we're still alive because we have dementia or Alzheimer's and they wouldn't remember that they had that money behind the wall or buried in their backyard. So, to avoid that conference, you know, that issue as well. Um, and you know, there's another reason to, to, to do that. Um, I'll share a resource with you. I'm not a affiliate and there's nothing, you know, I benefit, but it's something that I personally use and I think it's fantastic. I will, you know, premise this with full disclosure that you've got to do your own due diligence and make sure that this is right for you. But there is a resource out there um, called Everplans. So it's just everplans.com. And it allows you, it's basically a digital um, safe deposit box in the sky. And you're able to upload pretty much anything and everything. You upload your living trust, all your documents, all your paperwork, all your passcodes, all your everything. So if you want to say, hey, kids, check the backyard right between the oak tree and the you know flower bushes, you know, dig down, you got a box of cash or, you know, whatever it is you want to say. Um, and no one can access that until you pass. You, you, you can assign a deputy and that deputy only has access to that when you say they can. So if you decide no one's to know anything until I pass, you can st state that. Um, or you can say if I'm incapacitated or, you know, whatever, um, that person, then the deputy is then able to access the ever plans and all the records, everything that they've uploaded and people upload pictures and recipes and personal letters to loved ones and all kinds of things. So it's a, it's a cool resource, but it's also just a really cool way to stay really super organized. And I mean, you put your passcode to your phone on there, you put, you know, to the laptop, to everything. So there's no fumbling around the world and trying to figure everything out. Um, but it's a really cool, and I think it's super cheap. I mean, last time I checked, it was like a hundred bucks a year, but again, do your due diligence, check it out yourself, call them, email them, you know, do, do that, you know, homework. Um, but it's a, it's a cool resource. And again, no one can tap into that knowledge until you're gone. So what's it called again? Everplans.com. Everplans.com. I, I check it out and, and make a fun game out of it. You can build a treasure map. And put the treasure map uh, up online, and then X marks the spot, and that's where the money that I buried in the backyard is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely so much you can do with this. And uh, the nice thing is, if you don't need to sit there and do it all in one sitting, because it is a, it's a, you know, it's a pretty monumental task. So you, you know, you dedicate an hour here or there, and you upload, you know, certain things, and then the next day you can upload more things, and you can take things out, add it. You know, you can always change it, but um, I think it's cool if you want to leave, you know, love notes or or things to you know, loved ones. You can you can do that, um, and you just anything you want, 
and need, you just upload it there. And I, I want to highlight this because the longer that you've been on the planet, sometimes you have experiences that can be beneficial for other folks. And uh, I had one with my father who had cancer surgery and then had a stroke in the hospital. Oh, my. He lost his ability to speak, oh. swallow, and he was partially paralyzed. Oh, my God. Um, and so the doctors bless their heart they want to keep him alive and so forth but he couldn't eat he couldn't swallow so they wanted to put a feeding tube in his in his in in him to keep him alive well he had specific instructions about uh, taking extraordinary means to save his life he did not want to have any of that done but because they didn't have that on file at the hospital at the time that he was there um, they were going to go through and do that anyway. So my mother had to run home and grab the document and bring it to the hospital. Otherwise, they would have just gone ahead and done that. So, right. so those things are they're really you might think about it as being morbid that you're talking about your end of life and what you want to have happen or what you don't want to have happen. But yeah. it is really important that your relatives know what your wishes are and the hospital as well, because they'll take action on their own sometimes. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's why the estate plan is so important because it includes all of that, the medical directive and, and the power of attorney and, and, and your wishes. And if you have specific wishes, like, you know, do not resuscitate me. Don't put me on a feeding tube or life support um, or, you know, whatever your case is, if you want to be cremated or, you know, whatever it is, um, it's important that your loved ones know what you want and it's, it's followed through. But if they don't know, then they don't know. Well, and, and he was one step away from being on a feeding tube. Mm. He could not watch TV because he didn't, his, he, cognitively, he was gone, basically. Mm. And But they, they would have done that, and he would have lived um, a couple of years in a bed somewhere, um, and he didn't want that. And oh, so no. if, you, yeah. if you don't, so make your wishes clear and shout at the mountaintops if, if you need to, because sometimes those types of things happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a sad story, but it's boy, it drives it home. You've got to just really have that. And, and don't wait till you're older. I mean, that kind of stuff happens to people of all ages, unfortunately. So. I just, um, I just conducted an interview with a gal who, or about a gal who, had a, had a child, and when he was two years old, she was um, diagnosed with uh, ovarian cancer, and she was gone in nine months. Oh, my um, gosh. And she was in her mid-30s. So that can, mm -hmm. it, it can happen at any age. So yeah. don't put off what you don't want to talk to your family and friends about until it's too late uh, yeah. because then there's nothing that you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, let's end the show on a happy note. <laughs> let's do that, shall we? Let's, well, you know, it actually, from my perspective, and this is just me, but from my perspective, any knowledge that we can give people that can help them negotiate this thing that we call life that can be really, really complicated at times, yeah. Uh, yeah. the financial stuff, the, the end of life stuff, the wills and all that kind of good stuff. And that's why we have people like you. Uh, that can help us get to get through some of that and make it a little bit easier and give us peace of mind. And I know that's what you're all about. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's, um, you know, even aside from the financial side, um, as we talk about this end of life and, and potentially the, you know, the legacy that we want to leave to our loved ones, um, 
it's about the quality of our life while we're here as well. You know, we're always going to be given speed bumps. We're always going to be dealing with things in our in our life. We're going to go through seasons of challenge, seasons of ease. Um, it's just it's just life, right? So if we can find a way to, when we're in that season of challenge, um, look at somehow in that in that very challenging period. Um, what is the lesson in this? What's the opportunity for me to become a stronger, wiser, better person where I can serve somebody down the road with this knowledge now? And it's hard in that moment. I've, I've been there, done that. So I understand when you're in the heat of the moment, it's like, oh, forget that. You know, I'm trying to just figure out life right now. Um, but versus, you know, playing the victim role and, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? Um, figure out a way to learn something from that and then, and then turn that around and, you know, always believe in miracles, always know that, you know, it's, it's you and a higher power that's co-creating your life, whether you believe in God or the universe or whoever it is that your higher power is, um, you know, fall, fall back on that and know that they're, they're taking care of you. And, um, you just can't sit back and let that just happen. You've got to be a, a, an active uh, individual in your own life, of course, but um, try to become a little bit more proactive in that quality of life. Um, because like you said, life is short, that young mom who passed away in her thirties. I mean, that's just. That's it, sad. But, but it happens, but yeah. you know, and Patty, you're absolutely right. If you take your life as it's in total and you do a paradigm shift, and rather than say, oh, woe is me, look at the victim that I am and what's happening to me here, you can make that paradigm shift and say, gee whiz, that was interesting. What am I supposed to learn from this? Mm -hmm. How can I live my life a little bit better, a little bit more effectively, given the fact that nobody, I don't care who you are, nobody has got a perfect, you know, rainbows and sunshine life from beginning to end. It's got ups and, ups and downs. It's designed that way. Because we're all supposed to live a little bit better, learn from our uh, challenges and also the good things that happen to us. And, and like I, I, on your website, I was looking at pictures of, of you and your son from mm. when he was a little eh, big guy. <laughs> now, and he's beautiful. He's a, he's a handsome man. And, you. uh, and it's, you've, done, you've done a beautiful job taking care of him. Thank you. I appreciate that, Kevin. Um, I'm very proud of him. He is a... He's a he's a beautiful human inside and out. He's uh, got a great heart and he's just a good good human. So I'm very I'm very happy and very proud. And he just got engaged, so I'm even happier. Congrat! And I know you probably love the girl he's engaged to. I love her. I could not love her more. I could not have picked better. She is perfect for him, and she's just I oh my gosh, I'm so blessed. Well, I and and bless you, Patty, because I hope that everybody that's listening to this will be able to say, and by the way, it's within your power to do it. Sometimes you need help. Get a coach and get a fight. If you need financial advice, get to get that done. But everybody has got the opportunity to live your life. And at the end of the day, be able to say, I was so blessed. That's I think I can't think of anything better. Yeah. Um, I agree. Patty Handy has been our guest and go to Patty with an I handy.com and uh, find out all about her. Give her a call. She'd be really good to work with. And I want to thank everybody for being here today. My name is Kevin McDonald. This is positive talk radio. And by the way, be kind to one another because 
Each other's all we've got. We'll see you Monday on KKNW.